Hello, everybody, and welcome to Take Two. Uh, if you're here now or going to watch later, welcome. Glad you could join us. I am here with our friend Jillian Saldana. Welcome, Jillian. Uh, before we, we jump into our conversation, a couple of announcements that I want to make. Uh, one is we have been partnering with Haiti for years now, and we don't want to stop. Because of the earthquake and some of the things that are taking place, we are uh, going to collect money that we can give to for a reason so that they can continue the work and helping the needs as they arise. And so if you would like to contribute to that, we do have some money set aside. Uh, please donate, and you can go to the genesisstory.com, go to the giving tab in whichever avenue you want to give. Just mark it Haiti, and that money will go to Haiti. Uh, we want to help. We're not going to stop caring about the people who we've been caring for for so long, especially in their time of need. And so this is an opportunity for us to step up and help in that way. Also, on Tuesday, September 7th, we are taking food to the nurses at San Antonio Hospital again. Uh, we are going to do the ER, and we might expand to the ICU as well. We're going to find out how many nurses that is, and if we're able to do that. We're joining together with Hitch Burger and Grill. And so if you would like to contribute to that as well, you can do that. Again, same way, go to the website and just put nurses. We'll know what you mean, and we'll get that money to go towards these areas as you contribute. You know, I know in a time of scarcity, what's necessary is generosity, right? And, and this is an opportunity for us to be generous, even though we're living in a world of scarcity. Uh, our love and our ability to give even a little from a lot means a lot. And so these are a couple things that we're doing. And so hopefully you can join in with those things. We'll post more information. I think they put something on social media today already about the nurses and we'll do the same thing about Haiti. So that's that, letting you guys know that. But here we are at Take Two. Thanks, Jillian, for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. So Sunday, we had a fun one. <laughs> All right, and I'm going to go ahead and read the passage just because that's the best way to jump into it. And then we'll get the ball rolling in the conversation here. And this is Jesus' words. And remember, this is a series on the politics of Jesus. And I'll explain as we go on maybe a little bit more what that'll come up, why we call it that, and how it uh, turns into that. So in Matthew chapter 5, verse 27, it says, You have heard that it was said, You shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body go into hell. There. Mm -hmm. Simple. I don't know why that's circling. Hopefully that doesn't mean we're not on. Are you going to go? <laughs> we're going to see if we're still live or not. Uh, hopefully we are. So the reason I brought this subject up and the reason this is dealing with the politics of Jesus has to do a lot because of what Jesus is. Yes, we're still on. <laughs> it's because Jesus is bringing out 
what was considered a heavy command by the people at his time, the Pharisees, the religious leaders, and a light command. There were 613 commands in the Torah, and they categorized them from important to least important. They called them heavy to light. And so this was a heavy one, not committing adultery, and then a light one was basically coveting. Mm -hmm. What was heavy about it, or what was the interpretation for adultery at that time, it was actually not a matter of unfaithfulness with two people. It was taking another man's possession, mm -hmm. right? And so if uh, another uh, man was married to or betrothed to a woman and a man was to have uh, in relationships with her, then it was adultery because it was violating that man's property. It had no consideration of the woman. Mm -hmm. And then Jesus says, but I tell you, if you covet her in your heart, you've committed adultery against her her already and so he uses this commandment of coveting and he says it's a violation to her and he's taking this double standard and flipping it on its head mm -hmm. and really starting something that i think is uh we're feeling the repercussions of to this day mm -hmm. right and so um, I wanted to have you here, Jillian, not only because I think this is a conversation that needs a woman's voice, mm -hmm. but also because I know this is an area that you are passionate about, that you are involved with Dressember, mm -hmm. that deals with human trafficking and those things. And maybe you can share a little bit about what Dressember is, mm -hmm. your involvement in it, and then we can kind of continue from there. Yeah. Um, when I listened to the message, I was immediately those parts of my heart were rocked a little bit of, of, of working. Dressember is a nonprofit that provides grants to different organizations who basically uh, help rescue, uh, restore, and just revive the lives of people who are in human trafficking. And I think so often people just think human tra trafficking is sex trafficking. And in fact, a majority of it is labor trafficking, um, meaning you have servants in your house that you're paying for. Um, a lot of times it's not just not just the sex trafficking part. And so what December does is we have a fundraiser that happens um, during the months of December through January, and now they're opening it up throughout the year, um, where we raise funds to provide grants to these different organizations. It started off with just one major organization, International Justice Mission, and then we added A21 onto our roster, and now I believe they have anywhere from 14 to 16 organizations that um, are both local to the United States and global, mm -hmm. which was very, very important to us. And so um, last year and how you were saying how in a time of scarcity, there needs generosity. They, December had the least amount of advocates, but we raised the most amount of money. Wow. And I thought that was just very, um, I think, you know, God shows up. And when people show up, God's right there next to him. And so these advocates um, showed up and they made big ask of people and they made just, um, they shared their hearts. They were creative in how they advocated. And so um, we raised more than we ever have. Um, and we're now in the in the millions of what we've raised and, and December's only existed um, since 2013. Hmm. And it's a small but mighty team. I had the privilege of being on that team for two and a half years um, um, in their administrative and operations role. Um, but it's like four four women who run this organization. Mm -hmm. And it's an amazing board of trustees who, who keep their eye on them. And I, I know they want to uh, move up and onward. But, um, man, they work their tail off. And yeah. so... 
Yeah, if anybody is an advocate for the life of someone to have an autonomous, um, just color-filled life, it's me. (laughs) And um, so reading scripture like this and and hearing the rights of women and how God so often postured himself to advocate on behalf of them is just encouraging and keeps me going when I get discouraged of seeing things happening around the world, mm-hmm. um, like what we're seeing in Afghanistan and stuff happening right now. It's just this this uh, heart pain that happens inside of me that it's like, okay, what is Jesus asking us to do? And he's always yeah. asking us to step in. And so, um, yeah, I love December. It means a lot to me. That's neat. I know yeah. you worked with my daughter-in-law, Lauren, yes. did some photography at her studio yes. there. So I saw that. That's great. Yeah. Can't wait to see those photos as well. Love it. You know, you, I mean, I've known you for, gosh, since you were just... A baby. Yeah, little one. <laughs> and, and you've been involved with church for mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. And part of what I shared um, in that talk was how things were at that time in that culture mm-hmm. and some of the things that they would say and how mm-hmm. there was so much pressure put on the women yep. for the man's behavior, yep. right? And, and we still see that today and even in churches today where... There is the shaming that goes on with women to, to be modest. And I mean, there's always, you know, it's not a black and white situation. Mm-hmm. Of course, those things are relevant. Yeah. But I, I remember a, a young lady coming to a church that I was a part of years ago, and she was like a party girl, right? She's just came to the church the first time, and the only clothes she had were the clothes that she would wear mm-hmm. normally, and they were like too tight for the other ladies, and everyone was complaining. Or in a high school group, they weren't allowed to wear spaghetti straps. Ugh, yeah. And what they did is if a girl came into the high school group with a spaghetti strap, they had an oversized T-shirt that they made her wear. Mm-hmm. Right? And think of it in high school coming in and wanting to look nice, you mm-hmm. know, being wanting to be there and maybe even liking one of the guys that is there. Yeah. And they throw this big shirt that says something Jesus or whatever <laughs> on it, right? And how humiliating that is for you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what did I do wrong, yeah. right? You being in church since you were young and growing up, have you seen this kind of uh, dynamic taking place or what has been your perception through the years or maybe even the change that you've had through the years from all these things? I think it starts younger than what people think. I remember, you know, obviously our bodies change at a very young age. And so I remember this feeling of being young and right away being told what I could or couldn't wear is like leading worship on stage. Hmm. Um, This constant awareness of like, what am I doing wrong in my own skin that God created me that I had no say in how it looks. Yeah. Um, but it's like people have comments on, and I had a very similar, um, uh, situation and I, um, saw a leader do that to a young girl's similar style. And back then it was the nineties. So like the spaghetti straps were in the tube tops were in. And I remember this leader asked this beautiful young lady to change And I remember even as a young girl at the time, I was probably in junior high and it had such a visceral reaction inside of me. And it's something I will never forget. And I remember this like inner voice inside me saying how almost like, how dare you do that to her? Mm. How dare you make that the big issue? And I think that's what it is over and over again in the church is like, you're missing the point. 
Like, even how you started your message. Like, I just was like, at the end of the day, like, these people are missing the point. And so I remember um, in high school, um, a mom came to my mom and told her, like, I don't think it's right. Your daughter's already wearing makeup. And so there's this weird thing that happens in the church where people feel like they have the right to have an opinion on what you look like or what you wear. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very frustrating. And so as a kid, it's more innocent how you look, um, how you carry yourself. But as I've aged in the church, I became this innocent, innocent being into now I'm like the subjective sexual object just because of my age difference, if that makes sense. Mm. And so I went from being like, okay, watch what you're wearing to being like, okay, well, like now you're going to make somebody stumble if you wear this. Mm. Um, You can't go... Like, you can't be the only person, um, only lady in the car going to this place. It was, like, all these things, which I understand boundaries are great as well. But I always felt this weird um, – it, it was almost like this back-of-my-mind punishment just because I'm a woman that I was substandard. And I always felt, especially um, growing up and in the particular denomination that we I grew up in, mm-hmm. that um, – my life didn't count or didn't start until I had a ring on my finger. It was this very clear message of, um, it was like the goal was to be the pastor's wife. The goal is to be, um, this lead in leadership. And you know, my heart, Sam, like for years, and I think it's funny that I work at a church now for years. I was like, heck no. Like I pushed against it, still loved Jesus, still stayed in the church, but I never thought I would work at a church because I always hated what was behind the curtain. Mm -hmm. And um, so for me now, my personal opinion is I do think the church, almost like the separation of church and state, I do think the church has too much claim on a a young person's um, body and a young person's sexuality. Having kids sign purity pledges, to me personally, I don't think it's right. And so there's just certain things where we grew up with. Yeah. And it was and it was penetrated in our brain over and over again, especially as young girls. I don't think I don't think like having the boy, your son, sitting next to me probably got the same pressure as I did. Yeah. Um, probably didn't get a purity ring or bracelet like us girls did. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And um, it was just always this weird thing. And I always just remember thinking. I'm more than my sexuality. Yeah. I, I'm, I have a brain. I have so much to offer. My sexuality, and that's what we're even trying to tell our church leaders now with kids who are coming and they're like, this is my pronoun. And it's like, we honor you. But there's this element of, at the end of the day, your sexuality is 5% of who you are. Yeah, if that. If that. Yeah. And it's like, what do you bring to the table? What's inside your mind? What can you add to society? Yeah. You know? And so I always just felt like you're missing the point. And I feel like you're also cutting off on 50% of God's kingdom of how things can be viewed, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, there's a reduction of who humanity is, Mm -hmm. right, To, to equating a person to their gender. Yeah. Uh, there is a reduction of what the kingdom can be by cutting off 50% of it to or setting them aside to this certain yeah. role, right? And, and I've been to places, churches, mm-hmm. right, where the pastor's wife is a better teacher than the pastor, right? <laughs> yes. And it's like, yeah, she's good. Right. He should 
let her speak mm-hmm. more, right? Mm-hmm. Those kinds of things, but it's not going to happen yeah. because of those things. And so now there is this, like you were saying, what, what's my purpose as a young lady? Mm-hmm. You know, why should I study the Bible if I can't really teach it? Yeah. Why should, you know, I, I go to school and learn how to be a nurse, doctor, whatever the vocation is, mm-hmm. if I'm supposed to just be a housewife mm-hmm. later on, mm-hmm. right? It's almost this counter you know, motivational way of living. It's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, go, but stop, go, but stop, go, but stop, you know? And so I could see that being very confusing Mm -hmm. and very frustrating. Mm -hmm. And the obligation that seems to be falling on the women Mm -hmm. just because they're women um, is so what I think Jesus is fighting against here, Mm -hmm. right? I, I think... Even the woman caught in adultery, where's the husband? Mm -hmm. Now, Leviticus says that, well, they're supposed to both be accountable. He's not there. Why? Because in the culture, he's not the one responsible, Mm -hmm. right? It's just her. It's her fault. And I share those quotes from rabbis, early church fathers that are just god awful. You know, it's like, oh, they just make you cringe. Cringe. And, And we don't say maybe things in that way today, but we portray the same attitude mm-hmm. in all those things that you said well mm-hmm. your job is to get married your yeah. your role is to you know fulfill the life of the man mm-hmm. and it's like oh, really that's my role mm-hmm. and didn't god create me in his image as well mm-hmm. uh, had some friends who went to a wedding recently at another church very traditional fundamental and that's what they said they just came away with like oh man it mm-hmm. was just so her whole job is his life, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it just made them cringe because yeah. they had been out of that so long. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's, it's just, it's crazy to think that something I believe that Jesus was really attacking mm-hmm. the double standard and the, the dehumanization of women mm-hmm. to objectifying them that it was lost or has, cause I haven't really heard this mm-hmm. and I, I don't think I I've heard through my time as a Christian, a lot of things like this until more recently. Mm-hmm. How, what's been your experience? What have you seen changes taking place and in what ways is it good? And what ways do you feel like it's moving too slow? <laughs> I always feel the church is too slow. <laughs> By about 25 years. Exactly. <laughs> music. Music, yeah, everything. everything. Yeah. I, even it was funny today, I was meeting with a designer, and he, I told him, I said, I firmly believe the church should be ahead of the curve, but we're constantly behind it. And it, it was just like this clicking. He was like, yep, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where I work, we recently just um, ordained a female pastor, and she happens to be my best friend. Mm-hmm. And And the journey and the behind the scenes of how much hurt that went into it and um, of, of this. And it was our, it was our statement as a church saying, we believe in this. We believe that uh, women should be in this role. Um, and people left our church because of it. And, and sitting with my best friend as she's crying and, and it's this weird thing where it's like, she can do everything, but be called that title. Yeah. And she was like, I literally did everything the same. 
and I was able to be their children's ministry, like ministry director. I was able to sit alongside them and counsel them in their marriage issues, you know, all these things. But the minute you tacked on pastor, um, people had issue with it. Yeah. And I, and what made me sad is one particular family had all sons and I was just like, Oh, I got nervous because it's like this perpetuation of generational. This is how women should be. This is their role. Yeah. And it's hard for me because like I said, I grew up like I became really good at harmonizing because in the church we grew up in, women did not lead. It was like a male's role. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I got to Flipside where I actually led people into worship. Mm-hmm. And it was such like the sweet spot. And, and I was so grateful for that. Now, like any church, I feel like I'm using my, mine as an example, but we're made up of humans. We're going to do things imperfectly. Do I think we have a long way to go? Absolutely. Yeah. I think our board is lopsided. Um, I think our, our leadership, like our executive team, is lopsided. Um, a lot of females are support staff. They're not technically in the executive level. Um, and those are things that it's going to take women who are going to have to shoulder those things and going to have to have hard conversation. But mm-hmm. I believe there are ladies who are willing to do that. And to yeah. me, that's exciting. I do believe we have male advocates now who see and will fight for us. Mm-hmm. And and that's what happened in, in the case with my best friend. They fought for her to be in that role yeah. and, and, and had to shoulder a lot of the brunt yeah. of people not being happy. So those things are so encouraging. Like I'm like, okay, Lord, um, things are happening. And at the end of the day, I think um, whenever I've become discouraged, because it still happens, Sam, I love how mm-hmm. you brought it up. Like people are still don't like when a woman is in a certain role and um you know even in the church like so often women will get the children's director role and i'm so loved that my role is like the communications director because i'm like cool it's something different that usually a man would have um but it's just it's this it's gonna be like a long fight and i that was one of the hardest things when i got onto a church staff was i did not realize how slow the church moves like it was like i have this restless spirit that i'm like come on like let's get things moving done already and i was like we have to have 25 meetings about that you know (laughs) and so i think i think we have a long way to go i think I'm really excited that there are starting to be more male advocates who are vocal and who speak up on behalf of women who believe in them and, and who um, um, believe that they should be in certain positions. And I'm, I'm honestly, I always love that there's going to be a future generation and there's already starting to of like young people who are saying like, I love the church, but I don't love this about it. And I'm so appreciating the the just the vocalness of it all i think yeah. there was this element when i was little and there's still times today where i'm like oh my god am i going to get trouble if i say this am i you know going to be excommunicated if i have this opinion yeah and now it's kind of this space where i'm like i'm excited that people are willing to stir up the pot a little bit like yeah. it makes me happy yeah that that's so great and just shout out to Flipside for doing that yeah Right, for stepping into that and knowing that there were going to be people mm-hmm. who held on to that kind of interpretation mm-hmm. of what the church is supposed to be based on a handful of scriptures, mm-hmm. actually just two, really. Yeah. Um, 
and still stepping in because they believe that this is the heart of God yeah. and moving forward. Yeah. And I know Saddleback has just done the same thing mm-hmm. where they ordained a woman. And, I, you know, there's a huge church as well that there's going to have repercussions because of that. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. It's so interesting that here we are all these years later dealing with this <laughs> still. Yep. When I, I feel like the reason we're dealing with this still is because passages like this haven't been clearly presented mm-hmm. you know i mentioned a few other passages mary sitting at the feet of jesus yeah. was not just oh i should be in the kitchen cooking with my sister no she was being discipled mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. you don't sit at the feet of a rabbi unless you're a disciple yeah. and she was there yeah. and, and those things just get passed over and the implications get lost because people aren't willing to give up mm-hmm. what they want and mm-hmm. that's the control mm-hmm. you know and and those kinds of things um are slow to go because the people in power don't want to relinquish power yep right yep and that's true for governments and that's true for churches uh-huh. and it's unfortunate but i think something you said about this you know the younger generation has a view and they, they're like you were when you were young mm-hmm. and saw, you know, that pastor treat that young lady in that way and said, that's not right. Yeah. Right. And there's, you know, just millions of kids like that seeing those kinds of things saying that's not right. And they're going to be the next generation. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're going to bring that story with them yep. into that generation. And yep. then. The, this people who are in charge, they're trying to hold on, hold on, hold on, and they're going to try and pass it down to people who have that mind, but you're going to get outnumbered <laughs> as time goes on. Yep. It's just unfortunate it's been so slow yep. in the transition. But I, I think things are happening in our culture. There's still other cultures like in Afghanistan mm-hmm. stuff where things are so much further back. Mm-hmm. Um, but things are, are happening at an incremental rate, mm-hmm. right? They're multiplying. Mm-hmm. So it's like 10 years ago, it might've been considered this, but now it's this. And I think in two years, it's going to be this, yep. right? It's going to just keep incrementally building and building and building. Yep. And, and I, I have hope for that, that that's going to continue to take place mm-hmm. in churches like Flipside, mm-hmm. you know, Genesis or Saddleback and others mm-hmm. who've been doing this, you know, Episcopal churches have had female priests for yep. years you know, been ahead of the game, um, are going to continue to reach more people Mm -hmm. and take the resource of women Mm -hmm. and allow it to participate in a bigger role to Mm. the kingdom. So how much more will the kingdom be affected when Mm. we have so much more resource and talent and gifting Mm -hmm. used? Yeah. Right? There's this element, too, where, I mean, the projection of the next couple of generations, people are getting married later. Um, people are, you know, um, they're just, they're, it's like things are taking longer. They're going to be in school longer. They're going to work, you know, faster. And there's these elements where it's like, as I grew up, I had one type of model of a woman. Mm-hmm. As, and it was like, you get married, you have your two and a half kids, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, this is what the woman looked like in the church. Yeah. And the thing that I'm excited about is what does it look like where there's a whole gamut of women? Like, I'm so grateful for that that married woman who has two and a half kids, but I also want like the, the young professional. Mm-hmm. I also want the woman like a Denise Gideon who started her nonprofit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm like, I 
that's always been my hope. I'm like, what does it look like where there's more diversity even with yeah. us? And that's where I'm like, okay, God, I'm praying there's more courage and bravery to allow that to happen. Yeah. And, and I think you're seeing it because the people like you, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yep. like my daughter, like yep. my daughter-in-law, right? All these women who grew up in this way and seeing these things and having these dreams mm-hmm. and, you know, just having this feistiness in them, right? Like you did and like your daughter did, yeah. right? Hey, tell her, yeah. you know I mean? Try and tell her you can't do something. And man, she's just, her heels going yeah. down and she's just like... That's why I love her. Yeah, she's not going to move. And so you're not going to, you're not going to easily sway this group of people mm-hmm. who are going to have the vision of what can happen mm-hmm. and then going to make the differences in the lives of so many people mm-hmm. and be the role model for yeah. so many people, yeah. so many young girls, yeah. you know, and I think that is so important that we see that evolution take place, mm-hmm. you know, where women stop being objectified, yeah. stop being held responsible for the lack of men's control, mm. you know, holding men accountable for, what they do, mm. you know, it's, and it's so, it's so sad. I mean, there's so many good books out now that deal with these things, yeah. but you know, there were so many things where it was always like men are just these like dogs <laughs> who have no control over yeah. their senses. Yeah. You know, yeah. they see a woman they're just going to howl after her and yeah. they're just going to give up their marriage and everything yeah. just because they have no self-control. Exactly. It's like, when did, when did we give into that? Mm-hmm. What, when did we say, stop it? Yeah. Right? You're not a dog. Yeah. Right? You, you have to be responsible for your actions. That's what it means to be a man. That's what it means to be a follower of Christ. Yeah. Right? And, and instead of it just being this given in to, oh, I can't control myself. No. Your will, which is the idea of this coveting, mm-hmm. you know, you have to have control over your will mm-hmm. so that you don't give in to every whim. Yep. And devastate your life and the lives of other people. Yeah. And then blame it on the women. Exactly. Right? It's like... She made me do it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's just kind of like, you know, and then the girl's like, what? Mm. You know, what did, why am I responsible for these things? Now, culture plays a big part of all of this, right? Mm. I mean, we live in a culture that's different, say, than a culture in the Middle East yep. or a culture in the Philippines. Yep. You know, and that includes how we dress. That includes the roles that, mm-hmm. you know, the genders play, all these things. And so, you know, we can't just take what happens here in the United States and make it the role, because mm-hmm. I think that's the problem in the first place, mm-hmm. right? We're interpreting this passage through our eyes our instead of ancient eyes. Yep. And, and then we miss the nuance that it's there. Yep. And, and I don't want to do something similar where I just say, okay, well, this is how it should be because cultures vary yes. and roles vary. Yes. And, and some things are going to be slower to change and some things are going to change differently depending yes. on the culture. And it's frustrating in some ways because mm-hmm. we have an idea that we think is right and mm-hmm. we want to see it take place. But we know that in other areas it's going to be a lot slower yep. in how it transitions. And then, you know, in the Middle East, um, you know, where some of these women have been just spearheading the schooling and mm-hmm. the education of women. Mm-hmm. And I, I pray that that is able to continue mm-hmm. in places like Afghanistan. But that's still going to grow into a different mm-hmm. shape than it does here, yeah. you know. And that's okay Yes. as long as it's not this, again, demeaning, yep. thinking less than, mm-hmm. right? Just because you're female, you are not as good as yeah. or don't have the same rights mm-hmm. as. Um, 
it's nuanced. Yeah. You know? I think, um, I love that you brought that up because I think so often, especially as Americans, we believe our way is the right way. Mm -hmm. And you traveled a lot like I have where um, you see the importance that culture plays. So it's like anytime I advocate, and even my heart was breaking last week when I was reading about Afghanistan, there are certain things I can't speak into because I I don't know that culture. Yeah. There's even being biracial. Um, I have so many friends who are 100%, 100% um, Hispanic or Latina, and their their way of growing up was different than mine because I had a white mom. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, And so it's like it's always this way of like how can I not? And I think so often the church has done this in the past. Come alongside and have this white savior complex Mm -hmm. where I go in and believe I'm saving the day. But instead, like, lower ourselves so much like Jesus did and being like, help me help me understand what happened to you. Mm-hmm. Um, what does your, like, I love when we get to partner along some a nonprofit or an, organi- or an organization that's already in that area that they know what their people need and yeah. are looking for. Um, I think we so often think, like, okay, I'm going to go in and save you guys. I'm going to go in and provide everything we can. And honestly, resources are always great. Mm-hmm. But I think it's so important for us to connect. And I think... We always have to remember, and especially as a woman, I have to remember that an, an Afghani woman is going to have a different perspective than me as a white Mexican girl, um, and that's okay. Yeah. And it's not that, like, at the end of the day, do I want her to be educated? Absolutely. And if that's her decision, then I'm going to be like, I'm rooting for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think so often we think it's like this one-size-fits-all Yeah. This is how we, our Western culture, religious view, this is how it should be. And it's like, no. And that's where I get nervous sometimes for our young people because they do have this skew of like social media and things and haven't traveled the world yet where they think yeah. everything, um, we can fix everything. Yeah. And this, there's more to it. This is what it. it's supposed to look like. Exactly. And we have the idea of everything's supposed to look this way. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think what Jesus is doing though is getting to the heart of, I don't even want to say equality, mm-hmm. but the recognition of value, yep. right, uh, of humanity, yep. right? Because, you know, again, things are always different. Like, do I think women should be firemen? Well, some women, mm-hmm. right? But some shouldn't, <laughs> yeah. right? Just yeah. like um, some men shouldn't be ballerinas, right? <laughs> I mean, it, it's just like... the. You, you can't just throw this blanket out there and say, yes, it's got to be equal mm. with everything. Well, it depends on so much, again, the culture. It depends on what the job is. It depends on what the task is at hand. Mm. But there has to be a value of the humanity yeah. that allows that person to, if the opportunity is there yeah. and the qualifications are there, they yeah. can get to that place. I love you know? that. So you don't just blanket, yes, everyone's got to be the same. It's like, yeah. well, that ain't going to happen, mm. right? Because I am never going to be a ballerina. I've tried. I've just <laughs> thank tried. God. Yeah, thank God. You don't want to see you that. You don't want to see that. <laughs> you know, and it's okay, right? Yeah. There's, there's things that you won't do, and mm-hmm. it's not a problem. But there has to be the understanding that this person has intrinsic value because mm. they are in the image of God. Yep. And they have the opportunity to grow into that image wherever it can flourish. Yeah, yeah. And that's going to change, again, depending on culture. It's mm-hmm. going to depend on the person and their own abilities, mm-hmm. their own physique. All those things come into play. Yep. But male and female should not be the dividing line, yeah. period, right? Yeah, yeah. And then when you have Paul saying there is neither male nor female, mm-hmm. slave nor free, yeah. right? It's like, 
Hello, right? He, he, that's a huge statement, yeah, right? Yeah. He's setting a trajectory that we have not followed through on. Mm-hmm. And I think we are starting to see that take place. Yeah. And it's taken so long yeah. because those in power are so slow to mm. relinquish it, mm. right? And really what it takes is people who have power to be meek, yep. right? Meekness is not using the power you have for your advantage. Mm. And what would happen if our government was run by people who were meek? Mm. And that's the politics of Jesus, baby. Yeah. Right? Yep, yep. That, that's what it looks like. Yep. That's where people who have power and they don't use power to hold on to it or to their own advantage, mm-hmm. but they use power to empower others. Yeah. And I noticed like power too, like you brought up a couple pastors and I loved, I was like, dang, he called them out. But there's this issue of like power, I think so much isolates others from yourself. It's so this like exclusive branding and Jesus so often calls us to be an inclusive people. Like that's what turning the world upside down and it's turning it on his head. It looks like it's like, it's not this keeping people at arm's length of only letting certain people sit in the front rows at a conference. You know what I mean? Um, of, of protecting these male pastors or whatever so that none of their business comes out in the open. You know what I mean? I think like the church and what we need to start like grasping onto is this idea of like, let's stop doing this and, and 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 exclusive and let's start bringing people in and making it a safe space again mm-hmm. and it's so it, it's just like it, it bums me out sam every time i read an art it's almost like who is it now yeah. it's horrible to say that but it's like yeah. when i heard about carl lentz when you 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 hear about these different pastors and you're like oh man yeah and but now it's bec- before it'd be like devastating and now it's like well who is it this time yeah and it's just sad i'm like i don't I don't want the church to become that. Now I do. Now I'm proud of people stepping up. I will always, I will always applaud people for stepping forward because I'm like, awesome. You need mm-hmm. to be heard, yeah, and you need to be protected. Um, but I'm like, the church needs to stop defending its leaders who are doing bad things. Yeah, and so it's like this. I think if we take Jesus's way of how he loved, like I even that passage in Matthew, like it talks so much about like women being possessions. And like you said, he, God always adds value. Like I even think of the passage where he's like, you know, the first shall be last. God's always like saying like, what you think is actually really important is not important. Mm-hmm. And what you think has a lot of value actually doesn't. It's actually this, you know what yeah. I mean? And I'm like, that's what I, that's what I, when I get discouraged, I've had friends who are like, how can you be in the church? How can you stay in it? And I was just like, I love her so much because I believe in what she can do. But because I love her so much and I love the church, I also feel like I have the right to be very critical of her as well. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, ugh. Yeah, and it is hard, right? It's heartbreaking. I mean, Ravi Zacharias is like, Mm -hmm. man, I love listening to that guy. Right? Right? It's like, man, I love the way he talked about things. And then to hear this stuff, it's like, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's just heartbreaking. But it needs to come out, right? Yeah, and needs there to needs out. to be an understanding of, okay, that this, was just bad, yeah, right? That was okay. just wrong, and that's never going to be okay. Yep. And people who hold that kind of power, mm-hmm. there's a problem. Again, yep. it's a lack of meekness. It's, yep. a, it's using power to your advantage. Yep. And that's so unlike Jesus and yeah. what he is doing. And, yeah. and I think recognizing the nature of God as revealed in Christ is an important part of how we should look at scripture. Mm-hmm. 
And I kind of alluded to that by pointing out the number of different scriptures where women are elevated, you know, where Jesus's ministry was bankrolled by women, Mm -hmm. where, you know, Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus, where Jesus appears to the women first to be the testimony of this new gospel when they didn't have a voice in court, Mm -hmm. right? Or Junia, I think I said it was Julia in Mm -hmm. the talk, it was wrong. It's Junia, who is chief among the apostles, who's a woman. And I've mentioned this before, the translators of the New American Standard changed the name because they could not understand a woman being an apostle, so they made it a a male name, Mm. right? Right? And again, what's happening is we are taking an understanding and we are, instead of looking at the nature of God as seen as Christ, we are taking things that we hold on to and we are interpreting all the scriptures through our understanding which has been given to us by those who've been in power Mm -hmm. or those who are holding on to power Mm -hmm. and so we're reading somebody else's mail which is paul writing to timothy to a small group in this place and we're now making an interpretation globally Mm -hmm. right and is it based on the nature and character of christ or is it based on what we want to see in that letter. And how can we benefit from it? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what I want to challenge, right? Mm -hmm. That, that's what I think needs to be challenged. And there's a lot of people are challenging those things because when people say this and, and I, you know, you probably hear this too. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I just want to be, you know, what the word of God says, Mm -hmm. right? The word of God says this. And it's like, and that's why I use that passage in Numbers where the word of God so, says that you should pour water in the dirt of the tabernacle, make a woman drink it, see if she has a miscarriage or not. It's like, what do you do with that, right? Yeah. And so let, let's, instead of just throwing out this, the word of God says, let's talk about what is the character of God mm. in Christ helping us to understand how to look at these passages yeah. so that we can represent him better. Mm. And not hold on to something. Because then what we're doing is we're taking the writings of Paul and we're making them law. Yep. We're making them Torah. Yep. And we're doing the same thing. Now we're going to start making which ones are heavy, which ones are light. Okay, Paul says women should be silent at church. Okay, that's going to be a heavy mm-hmm. one. And that's going to stand for generations, generations, and generations. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to worry about food strangled, yep. right, and these things. Yep. Oh, don't worry about that. That's not a big deal. But this one, yeah. that deals with our power. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I really wanted to try and show is that we're holding on to power, yes. not to the Bible. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And we're just using the Bible to maintain our power. To keep structures in place. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's hard not to get discouraged about it. Yeah. I, I bet. <laughs> There's times where it's like, ugh. literally so many times, I think the last couple of years, I'm like, it's 2021. Or like last year, it's 2020. Why are we still talking about this? Mm-hmm. And there's just different things where it just boggles my brain, but systems of power keep it in place. Mm-hmm. And what's unfortunate, and I have amazing leaders who come around me, there's those times where you get discouraged. Um, whether it's for women's rights, whether it's for, you know, racial injustice, you know, all the things, right? We can talk yeah. about all the things. Um, but it's it's often a lonely road when you're the one who wants to speak up. And there's been times where it's like I've had leaders sit me down and they're like, it's lonely, huh? And I'm like, it is very lonely mm-hmm. because people like like the idea of things being dismantled or they like the idea of things turning on their heads. 
but the people who have the gumption or or their wherewithal to be like, I'm going to step in and say this isn't right. They're few and far in between. And so it's like, honestly, Sam, over and over in my life, whenever I've been discouraged as a woman or whenever I felt like a second-class citizen because of my sex, I've always just clung on to Jesus because I feel like it's like this intimate conversation if he's like, it's okay, kiddo. Like, it's you and me. I've called you to do this, so you step into it. Yeah. And it's and it's been those times where, um, yeah, the church does let you down. The uh, people in systems let you down. Certain leadership groups let you down. But at the end of the day, like what I want to remind both young men and women is like keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Like he's kept me encouraged this whole time. And there will be times where you feel lonely. There will be times where you feel like I'm the only one who's saying something about this. But it's like if I um, – I love there was this meme that said, like, if I do the work now, then a girl two generations, you know, after me won't have to shout, you mm-hmm. know, because I'm the one who's like pressing in. And I, that always stuck with me. And so it's like if I have to press in and be a little uncomfortable now so that like my nieces, um, your granddaughter, like they don't have to shout or be uncomfortable in the church, then I'm going to do it. Yeah. And so it's like um, I think this walk with God it's an, we're not called to be comfortable and we've always grown up knowing that. Like, I feel like God's like, but I've called you to be present and I've called you to fight for others and love justice and, um, love mercy and walk humbly, you know? And so there's these elements where I get discouraged by our systems. And I believe absolutely in 2021, people are trying as hard as they can to keep them in place. Yeah. But it's like, you know, I think we each have a calling to do what God's called us to do. And so I'm, I'm going to talk yeah. louder if I need to. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's – and that's – you never know the rippling effect it's going to have, yep. right? I mean, think of the courage that Mary had to go and sit at Jesus' feet yep. at that time yep. where she just said, I'm going to do this. Yep. For what – I mean, whatever was going on in her mind, mm. she had to know mm. that, you know – this isn't good, yep. right? This isn't normal. This is yeah. this is out of the comfort zone, but she did it she anyway, did right? And we saw even the woman who was at the well talking with Jesus. When his disciples came, she left because like, uh-oh, yeah. the guys are here. Yep. I need to it's go. It's my cue to exit. Yeah, I, I can't. But for some reason, she was safe, mm-hmm. right, with Jesus. For some reason, mm-hmm. Mary was safe with Jesus, And the kingdom and the politics of the kingdom has to be a place where women are safe. Amen. Right? It has to be a place where women feel, I am safe here. I am not going to be looked at, objectified, classified as something just because of my gender and just because of those who are in power. The kingdom and the politics of Jesus has to be a place where that is not present. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And to me, that was at the heart of this Mm -hmm. right here is something that was being used you could commit adultery you know you could we're going to go into divorce next week i wanted to tie it in because they're really tied into that where they could say oh i'm unhappy with her anymore Mm -hmm. i can get a divorce yeah right and this whole idea of i can use my position my power Mm -hmm. over someone else is just so contrary to the nature Mm -hmm. of christ 
and to the heart of God mm-hmm. that we have to fight it and we have to take that seat and stand. And so, yeah, yeah don't you ever be quiet. Mm-hmm. Don't you ever lose that voice. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, we need it. Yeah. We need it. Your nieces need it. My mm-hmm. granddaughter needs it. Although I think she's going to have <laughs> her own gonna... voice. She's going <laughs> to rule the world one day. Yes, I love it. Yeah. She, As it should be. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good with it. Yeah. yeah exactly. Whatever she wants, she can have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts? I mean, just as you heard this, any things that came up that you thought, you know, maybe it provoked to something else that you would like to say concerning this subject? Mm-hmm. I mean, I loved the veins where you were talking about like lust. I love the veins where you were talking about how, I mean, I truly believe that church has made sex this dirty thing an ugly thing. <laughs> and, um, I just think like there's so many things that if I, I grew up in the church, <laughs> but if I didn't and if I was coming out, I'd be like, what, why do I want to go into that? Yeah. Like you're shaming me because of my sex. God forbid if I did something wrong um, or if I looked the wrong direction. Like I said, it's I, I love this message because it's, it's just this constant reminder reminder like you're missing the point you're missing the point like instead of of looking at the woman and saying oh she did that rabbi what that rabbi said in that story about his daughter like instead of saying control like yourself have like which is a fruit of the spirit by the way how can we don't focus (laughs) on that um instead it's well what was she wearing what was she doing to provoke this and i think i think sam that's like the thing that for me is this this it will be a constant fight of me showing up to a space mm-hmm. does not give someone the permission to have comments on or to basically say um you know she's this type of sexual being or she's this it's yeah. like i'm just a human being just like you yeah you know at the end of the day, there's this element of boundaries, and I absolutely believe in boundaries. And it's like I have male coworkers who I love to death, and so for them, they know their self control is saying like I don't feel comfortable having a female in my car by myself. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna respect I'm gonna respect you day after day because I care for this person. But it doesn't mean that there's still this little voice inside me saying like what you think I'm going to jump your bones? Like the minute I get in the car with you, like it's this weird thing. Like it's something that two men never have to think about together. Or I don't want to generalize that, but like for the most part, right. But it's like this constant thing just because of I'm a woman. Okay. What are the rules in place? And that's where it's like, it's just hard sometimes. And, and so, you know, and it goes from everything from like you have summer camp and you read the list of what you should pack your kids to, you don't see anything about what the boys should wear, but the girl should always wear a one-piece bathing suit. Mm. And um, and like I said, and churches are still having young women and men, and they're using the illustration of the crumpled-up flower, talking about virginity. You know, there's all these yeah. elements where I'm like, it, what year is it? Again, what yeah. year are we in? And yeah. so it's just, it's this, like, constant struggle <laughs> that I have that... <laughs> I don't know. I'm just constantly like, Lord, refine my thoughts. You be in the center of them. Um, you know, and how do I be a light to the next generation so they actually want to be a part of the church yeah. without diluting God's power and strength and love and peace? Yeah, and what what are the important things? Yeah. Right? And what are the not important things? Exactly. 
<clears throat> you know, some things are good. And like you said, boundaries are good. Yeah. You know, adultery is not good. Yeah. Um, boundaries are good and having respect mm-hmm. is good. Yeah. You know, those things are good. Having control, self-control is good. Mm-hmm. All these things have to work together and we want to simplify things so that life can be easier and we can hold on to the way things are yep. instead of stepping into how the world really is, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's just messy and that's just difficult and those conversations are hard. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't even really go down the whole lust thing. I mm-hmm. just kind of alluded to it yeah. and, and joking almost because that's easier to joke about it <laughs> exactly. than to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we don't talk about those things yeah you know we we just tell people it's wrong it's wrong it's wrong it's wrong now it's okay yeah it's like huh what yeah. How, what do i do now exactly. you know it's just like there's no preparation for that there's no understanding of your personhood mm. of the respect you have to have for another person yeah uh the value mm. that is involved with your body and yeah. someone else's body yeah. all those things are just ignored 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 and then say it's okay yeah and and those are hard conversations right yeah. those are things that aren't there's no line that this is this and this is that yeah you know yeah there's boundaries and there's respect but we don't like to even go there. We just want to vilify. Yeah, black and, and white. Yeah, this is it. There's oh, no gray. This is good. Yeah, because that way we don't. We're off the hook. <laughs> we don't have to get there. You know, exactly. Talk exactly. about those things. Exactly. Uh, I, I think we're going to have to go there, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think as followers of Christ, we're going to have to step into those conversations yep. with people. But probably the best way to do it isn't broadcast it to everybody. Mm-hmm. The best place is to have a a conversation with someone where they're at and with what they're dealing with yep. so that you can give the right advice to the right person at the right time. Yeah. Instead of here, everybody, you know, and it's like, well, that might be good for, for you, but person. it might not be good for you. Yeah. Right. Like your yeah. friend is like, he doesn't want to go in the car. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, where this guy's like, Look, let's go. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> you have to kind of take all these things in consideration. And so yeah. it's something you, you wrestle with. And you wrestle through with people, yeah, because you care for them, value them. Exactly. Right. There's this. Um, the thing I want to say is like, I think people sometimes wonder, like, why is she the way she? <laughs> but I always, I always so appreciate, it. like, when people are like, where do you get that fire? Why? Where is your confidence coming from? Obviously, it's in the Lord. But there is this element where I had these amazing people around me as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, I always tell people, I believe I could, because my dad said I could. Like, mm-hmm. my dad always said help out lift a table like do these things and so my dad always put me in a position of saying like you can do it you're Mm -hmm. not less than and then surrounded me with male like I think of you Valmir and Gil who are like these men who came alongside my dad and who said we love you you're good at this do it it was never because I was a girl. It was never because mm. it was like you saw me as a human being and you loved me as one of your own. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. Like if I can encourage like men everywhere and like these young women who you see in your church, like foster what it looks like for a man to support a woman. Mm. And I think that's what's so important because those times where I've been like, are there any men out there who are good? Like there's those moments where I'm like, no, there are good men who, mm-hmm. who will advocate for me and who do believe me and who will have discussions like this. And so for me, it's like, I want to tell like 
the guys, like, don't give up on us. Don't give up on the granddaughters. Don't give up on the nieces and all those things. Because I was like, they're coming and they need people to advocate for them. Mm. And yes, even in 2021. And so, like, for me, like, it's a big thank you because it's just this element of, like, I wouldn't be who I am today and have the confidence and the courage and the gumption to say things if it wasn't for specific men in my life who said, do it. Mm. And we're behind you all the way. And so I think that's so important for the church to still have and, and, and for women to come alongside women, for, for young boys, you know, all these things. I just think it's this element where it's like, I think it's just always good to speak life into young people mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, that's, those little small voices that you remember are going to get you through the hard times. Mm. And so it's so important. Great. That's yeah. Great, encouraging word. And your dad was here. He said hello <laughs> up there. I don't know if there was any other comments here on there. So, um, but no other questions that I can see. So any questions out there? (laughs) (laughs) Any thoughts? (laughs) I love you. My wife is here and she's rooting on, rooting on. This has been a conversation we've been having for a while. Um, great. <laughs> oh man, Jillian! I can't thank you enough for stepping into this conversation. Of course, I, I appreciate it. Like you said, when we first thing goes, man, that was a tough one. <laughs> um, but I knew you would be a person up for the task, and yeah. so I'm so thankful that you were here yeah. to share those thoughts with you. Good and luck again, on the divorce talk. Yeah, that'll be fun. <laughs> uh, I know every time I start something, I go, "Why, why did I, I do that? Man, I should have just talked about." <laughs> I don't know, puppies. Oh, my Uh, gosh. Anyway, thank you again. Thank you. And again, you guys, if you have any other questions, bring them Sunday. Let's talk. Again, this is all about conversation. I've shared at the beginning of the series, you know, the Bible was never meant Mm. to be just read alone. It was always read in community. Love it. And, I mean, it, of course, can be read alone. It's not like it shouldn't be, but Mm. that was always supposed to be a part of it. And so I think that would help us maybe wrestle through a lot of these things a lot better than we've done in the past if we can do that again. So hopefully we can continue doing that. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. God bless you guys. Love you. Remember, go to our website to help out with Haiti. Uh, Contribute there at thegenesisstory.com and also to support the nurses at San Antonio Hospital. They are slammed right now, people. Mm. And so uh, we want to do what we can to give a little support to them and hope you guys will contribute to those things. Love you guys. God bless. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.